Today on Lockdown Red Wings, how can the Red Wings avoid the Detroit Tigers' fate? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. And today I welcome a very special guest on, the host of Locked On Tigers, Scotty Bentley. He's also a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Scotty, how are you doing? And thank you for rejoining me after all this time. It's been about a year. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Yeah, man. It's been about a year since we've uh since We've compared states of the, the these two teams since we've spoken. It's been about a year. Yeah, it's uh, you know when we had this conversation last year, it was a much different tune than I feel like what uh, this this one's going to be. Yeah, it was about catching up to the Tigers in the rebuild, and who has that paradigm shifted a ton? Yeah, um, big time. But before we can before you can go into lockdown Tigers mode, Scotty, I'm going to need you in lockdown Red Wings mode first <laughs> okay. because we need to talk about. The news that came out on Wednesday regarding Marco Casper, we were told by the news media that it was day-to-day, and by news media, I mean like the Red Wings themselves, said that Marco Marco Casper was just day-to-day, and he was going to probably play in the game against the Sabres on Thursday. Well, today we found out, Wednesday being today, that Marco Casper is probably likely done for the remainder of the season, which it feels like, we have been told that about every single player who has gotten injured in the past two weeks, right. which partly makes sense considering like there's only two weeks left of the season. So any potential injury is season ending at this point, but it's very frustrating, but not on not, but it's frustrating, but very understandable that this would happen because you got a little glimpse, a little taste of Marco Casper action. And then they're like, yeah, psych. Nah, he's, he's done. We're going to let him rest. We're going to let him rest. So yeah, that is what it is. Scotty, I don't really know where to go with that. It's more of a news and notes type thing, but they said it's nothing that's going to need surgery. He'll be healthy for next season. He apparently was fighting through it in the initial game he played. So it wasn't an injury he sustained in the initial game, but something he's already been dealing with. And they decided on second evaluation to just let him rest. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks from a viewership standpoint. Like obviously we, we've talked a lot on here about how uh, that like him and Edvinson are two of the, if not the two biggest reasons to watch the Red Wings from here on out the remainder of the season. So Losing one of those and knowing that Edmondson won't suit up every night on top of that is, uh, you know, stings a little bit. But obviously, the kid's 18. We're going to prioritize long-term health over six games to end a lost season anyway. We we got our stat that he is the first Red Wing to make his debut at 18 right. years old since LaPointe right. in the 90s. So we're good. We got it. We got that out of the way. Now we can focus on next year with him and just making sure he gets healthy. But it's funny just how many players it's been like they might be done for the season and, or if they either start off just like day to day and then are done and start off as done and then come back. Ben Sherratt and Billy Husso were big question marks. They, they might both. not return. And then here they are. Michael Rasmussen, Robbie Fabry and Marco Casper are all like, Oh, they should probably return. And it's like, nah, shut down. They're done. They're done for good. And it's like, can we catch a break? 
I know we're not the Montreal Canadiens injury wise, but it's just like we don't have much left to root for here at the end of the season besides just like going out there and battling. The young guys were our big shining moment. And now like the biggest young guy that we were all surprised to see is gone. And now it's going to be Edvinson every other game. And that's like, that's not like a consolation prize by any stretch, but you know, we were getting really excited thinking about all these different guys. And now it's just like, okay, well, I guess it's Edvinson. We'll watch Edvinson every other game. And that's again, not, not trying to make that sound like it's a bad thing. That's very exciting, but you know, compared to having two big names, it's definitely a downer. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's uh, like I said, I mean, those are, he he was arguably the biggest reason to watch from here on out, and now it's not a not only not a reason to watch, but you're not going to be able to watch. So, yeah, a little little sad, but again, like you're you're prioritizing long term health over you know six or seven games in uh, in April at the end of a season that doesn't really matter. Absolutely, and Scotty, you know you can relate to the pain of losing young talent to injury as the Tigers last season lost like four guys to injury that were supposed to be big name impact players on the roster. Uh, so they lost Casey Mize to Tommy John surgery. What happened to Tarek Skubal? Yeah, he got a, uh, he got close enough to the same injury that Matt Boyd actually had his last year here. And then Matt Boyd barely pitched last season. So we'll see when Scuba comes back. That's kind of still debated amongst the uh, the experts and the fan base here. But I think most people want to see him in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then like Riley Green, you know, like least you know he did play last season, but least we forget he broke his foot in spring training and missed the first, you know, almost two thirds of the season. So and then Austin Meadows, of course, that was a big one. Is he had yep. injury after injury after injury, and he wasn't he wasn't a uh, a young guy, so to speak, but he was like a big acquisition right before the season started. Yeah. I remember your episode where you were recording and the Happened news broke recording. Yeah. and you were, you were pumped. And then he ended up like barely playing it all last season. So, and that, I guess that leads us into our broader conversation, Scotty, about the Tigers and the Red Wings and where they both stand in their rebuilds. The main question being, how can the Red Wings avoid what happened to the Detroit Tigers? Because when we spoke last year, it was the Tigers are finally poised to make some waves. How far behind are the Red Wings? Well, it turns out the Red Wings were much further in front <laughs> than the Tigers in terms of where the rebuild's going as the Tigers rebuild is basically, you know, you like to say that it it, it can't restart because it never finished. But I think in a lot of the mind of a lot of Tigers fans, last year the rebuild finished and then restarted right, at, right immediately because all the payoff didn't happen and then now you have nothing in the prospect pool so how can the red wing scotty kind of avoid what happened to the detroit tigers and kind of just explain what did happen to the detroit tigers yeah well i mean, I mean for starters we could do this way more often we don't and i think we deserve credit <laughs> for that um we, we only usually do this about once a year but um I, I think that the Tigers last season, I mean, that was a, a historically bad offense and was an unbelievable fall from what they had built upon in 2021, which wasn't even a 500 team still, but was a huge step in the right direction based on what they had been the four years leading up to 2021. And so I think the biggest one and like the the by far the biggest thing for me is they are not run 
or they were not run by the same person. Like yes. Steve Eiserman is a significantly better front office executive than Al Avila ever was. And that's just honestly like objective. That's so, so you, we have that going for us in uh, on the Red Wings side of things is like, you're, you're putting your faith and, and your trust and your opinion into a, a much more highly regarded, a much more proven and just flat out a much better general manager. Um, but I, I think that, like, it's the same ownership group, but, like, salary cap sport versus not salary cap sport. And I think when you're looking at what the two – what happened in the Tigers offseason last year, they could have gone for the cream of the crop in the free agency pool, and they didn't. And that's not to say they didn't bring in talent, but they brought in, like, the fourth or fifth best shortstop option. They brought in, like, the third or fourth or fifth best starting pitching option. Like they went out and they said, oh, look, we're going to spend money. We're going to go bring in outside talent. It's going to help us. And there was still a belief that it was, but it it wasn't ever. We brought in not the cream of the crop of the free agent pool to be pillars in an organization. And they're really good. I still believe supporting pieces, specifically Erod and, and Javi. I, I think they can be good supporting cast members, but I don't think Erod should be an ace of a staff on a, on a world series winning team. I don't think Javi should be the two or three hitter in the lineup on a world series winning team. And, and that's what you're asking both of them to do still. And so I think the biggest thing for me, aside from the fact that Iverson, Iverson, Iserman runs this team is just the fact that, uh, we've talked a lot about how the wings need top end talent and this offseason, I I look for them to bring in like top six talent that actually has played top six like minutes before and is productive in top six. You know what I mean? Like you got to bring in people that fill the needs you actually have and not bring in people that are just better than the people you have. But I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to articulate. I can try again better after the break, but I think you need I think to, you said to it actually well. address what you need to be addressed. I think you've said it well, and, and I t- intend to add on to what you've said, too, in segment two. And then in segment three, we'll also get into the game preview against the Buffalo Sabres. Big game, big implications big game. in that game. So, But before we get to that, I got to tell you guys today about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with a same-game parlay, so don't miss out on this chance with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Now, Scotty, you brought up an interesting point, and I was going to damn well make sure that I brought it up as well in regards to the ownership group and the uh, general management group, the, the front office group. And in regards to the ownership thing, I think it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse 
in regards to how Chris Illich tends to run the organization. And you brought up a really good point too. And I, I want to give credit to the salary cap versus the no salary cap thing, but Chris Illich does kind of strike me and I could be off base. Maybe you feel differently as a kind of hands-off owner, much different than how Mike Illich was. It feels like to me, like Chris Illich is more about the business side of things. And that can be a blessing and a curse in that he's going to let the general manager cook. Sometimes what they're cooking up in Eiserman's case is some great stuff. And Eiserman very clearly is like, let me do my job. Where with Avila, it was let me trade away our best assets and get nothing in return. So it's 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 definitely a, a double-edged sword when it comes to ownership, where you put a lot of faith into your general manager, your front office group, and hoping that they are doing the right things. And it just didn't work out for the Red Wings, but or didn't work out for the Tigers, but seems to be working out for the Tigers. But also that front office group themselves. I would make the argument, Scotty, that this year for the Red Wings, how do I phrase this properly without, so I get my point across clearly. This year for the Red Wings was as important to the Red Wings as last year was for the Tigers, but they went in completely different directions. And when I say that, I mean, they both made big free agent acquisitions. And I know you said they went out and got like the fourth best player in each uh, each positional group. But they still got good players. Javi Baez was still, it was a stacked free agent market last year, and they still got Javi Baez, who was well renowned. He struck out a lot, but he was well renowned for his defense and could hit home runs. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez was a very well respected starting pitcher in the MLB. Uh, went out and traded for Austin Meadows, who had hit, what, 27 home runs, runs just the year prior to that. A lot of guys who were well respected, and then it just didn't pan out, and the young guys didn't work. Where if you look at the Red Wings, they had a very similar offseason. You had young guys making their NHL debuts. You had young guys trying to build on their season. You made huge free agent acquisitions. You made big trades. So guys like Perron, who just reached 50 points. Ben Sherrod, kind of, you know, he's he served his role, if nothing else. Uh, you had guys like uh, Andrew Kopp was one of the biggest names on the free agent market this last year. And you signed him. And I know that the, he's a little bit polarizing with how he's produced because of the core injury, but he's still, he's been getting better as the season goes on. So, and then of course the trade for Vili Huso, the, the, they had very similar off seasons in that they were trying to actively improve their rosters, but the Red Wings went out there and they didn't get that fourth best guy. They got some of the guys who were the best in their positional groups in a, a much deeper free agent pool last year. And while the Red Wings are likely going to miss the playoffs again, as they're just like one win or loss away from <laughs> being eliminated, this season was the step forward that the Tigers needed last season and didn't get. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think if you're looking at the the like vibes and, and expectations going into 2022 from the Tigers, you're talking about a very similar vibe and expectation about, in my opinion, going into this fall for the Red Wings. Like, I, I think this is the, the big kind of cliff year for the Wings where – uh, they need to have a really good offseason. They need to bring in more talent. They need to utilize their money and their assets. And and really, I think the, the expectation is going to be playoffs. And the Tigers, well, I don't think the expectations were playoffs going into 2022. Um, but I baseball is a smaller postseason and had a smaller, yeah, smaller postseason and and whatnot. So I think that the 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 expectations I, I'm a just broken record at the expectations and and vibes kind of in the fan base going into uh last year are, are similar to what we'll see for the wings this upcoming season but um the, the biggest thing 
for me, and I, I tried to articulate this point a lot on, on Locked on Tigers as well, was um, you need to – the Tigers did a very poor job at this, and I feel as though the Red Wings are doing a much better job at it, is you need to not compare your – this is going to sound really weird. You need to stop comparing yourself to yourself, okay? You need to stop – comparing the players that you bring in to where they fall on your own team and start comparing the players you bring in to where they would fall on a contender. And that was the biggest thing that I feel like I did incorrectly that a lot of the fan base did and the front office did for the Detroit Tigers. They brought in players and went, okay, on this team, these are now our best players. And then didn't look around and go, well, on a World Series winning team, we're on a playoff team, we're on a division winning team. Where are these players? Where where would these dudes fall in a lineup? Where would they fall in a rotation? And those are two very different answers. So when you're comparing, you know, you're bringing in talent, like we brought in Andrew Kopp, right? And uh, the, the Tigers, when they did a similar thing like that, they said, okay, well, this is one of our best players immediately. Whereas the wings bring in Andrew Cobb. He's uh, a top six forward. He's going to be the, the two C presumably when we were going into this season, but they didn't bring in Andrew Cobb to play like first line winger or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to understand where, the the talent you're bringing in falls on a really good team. You need to compare the Red Wings roster to good teams and not just compare them to, oh, let's look at the Wings from the last year or three years or whatever. Well, and look at what the Red Wings have done. You know, maybe our expectations for Andrew Kopp were different than what Steve Eisman did. Obviously, Steve Eisman brought him in to be 2C this year, but as soon as Marco Casper got here, they slid him over to wing. And he played winger with the New York Rangers in that playoff run last year uh, with Artemi Panarin. So, Andrew Kopp on contenders is not a center and that's fine. Like I'm okay with that. Uh, so maybe that is also where the Red Wings are going to avoid the Tigers fate is bringing guys in for now, but realizing that down the line, their position and their usage is going to come at a much more uh, mitigated lessened role. And that's what you need. I seem to, it sounds like from what we're both saying here in our conversation that we've had, Scotty, is that I'm of the mindset that the Red Wings already almost, I, I, I don't want to marry myself completely to this take, but it, I come in with the idea that the Red Wings kind of already did avoid the Tigers' fate, where they had that step forward year this year that the Tigers were supposed to have last year, and they did it. They had the step forward year. It sounds like you're trying to, you're, you're of the mindset that this offseason is that step forward offseason where they really have to turn the corner. And am I, am I right in that assumption? Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I think that I, I really do think that this year, this upcoming season, this fall is like the most important year ever. And that's exactly how I felt going into the 2022 season for the Tigers was you need to take a big step forward. You took a big step forward in 2021 the Tigers did. You need to take a bigger step forward. Now you brought in a lot of talent. You're clearly trying to win. You're trying to, to make a staple. The national media was talking about the Tigers as like, oh, you know, like this is the team that might finally take a step forward this year. And then it was absolutely awful, right? So <laughs> right. I, I think that uh, there, there's a lot of like differences, honestly. I mean, just the the presence of guys at the top, like 
Larkin and whatnot and, and you know, cider dippings in his rookie year that no Tiger rookie did. And and so, like, there's a, there's a lot of, of minute differences that, that lead me to believe that the Red Wings are going to be a, a, have a much different fate going forward than what the Tigers did. But um, I, yeah, I, I am definitely of the belief that it's, it's this upcoming season for me, because if, if they go out there and next season, they end with a like 75, 76 point total, then I think a lot of people are going to be having a much different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, Scotty, before we go into segment three in our last ad break, one last question is how many, what's your over under on wins this year? the Tigers where are you where are you thinking they're going to be at well I, I think the my prediction was 74 wins which is a step in the right direction that's much better than last year um but I mean it's still well under 500 I mean you're, you're still talking about almost that's like just under 90 losses so um yeah step forward from last year but uh definitely not anything amazing i think most people's mine was kind of on the more optimistic side slightly i think most people had theirs around like that 69 to 71 72 win range so yeah anything to anything to avoid 100 losses seems to be the uh mindset <laughs> yeah i mean like every last year was awful and they didn't even lose 100 like i genuinely would be surprised if they did yeah when we come back we'll do a game preview of the buffalo sabers game but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could just handpick the best stars? Well, you can do that with your business team. If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can find what you need with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools, like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And I know I've had that personal experience working at LCA. I talk about it all the time because it's my only relevant job experience as a hiring manager. So get used to it, guys. But it did, it was relevant. It is very relevant because Indeed was a huge help for me when I worked there. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's transition now away from Lockdown Tigers mode back to Lockdown Red Wings mode. We're going to talk about this pregame, pre, this game preview rather against the Buffalo Sabres. And this is a big game in that one, you're only two points behind the Buffalo Sabres in the standings and the wild card race. But again, tomorrow's another elimination staving off day for the Detroit Red Wings. And granted, a lot of that has to do with what your opponents do on Thursday as well. But if the Red Wings lose tomorrow, I think that will straight up eliminate them because if they lose against the Buffalo Sabres, the max they can get is 87 points. And we discussed it on yesterday's episode, the F Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders have the head to head matchups against you. So you have to win out to keep that playoff chance alive. And again, I'm not trying to say Scotty, and I'm not talking to you, you know, this I'm talking to the listeners, I'm not trying to say the Red Wings should 
trying to make the playoffs here, but I'm just trying to say, let's keep these hopes alive for as long as possible. If ineffective math had the Red Wings at 0.05% chance at making the playoffs, you know what that says to me? You're not out of it yet. <laughs> Dang right. It's not zero. That number's not zero yet. So Buffalo Sabres, they're two points ahead of you. you get, they got 81 points on the season. You're at 79. You've lost all three games against the Sabres this year. This Sabres team is young. They're scary, but they're also awfully inconsistent, Scotty. Well, they just, they're like for, for college football fans out there, they're the big 12 of hockey. Like they just, they take the over in every Sabres game. Like <laughs> they score a ton. They have legitimately one of the best offenses in the NHL. Tage Thompson, huge coming out party is a star. And on the flip side, they also give up an insane amount of goals. Like they, they are just the epitome of the over. Like that's that that's just what the Buffalo Sabres are. So uh, you're going to have opportunities to score. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to score. They they goaltending numbers not good. Penalty kill numbers not good. Goals against numbers not good. And when I say not good, I mean like bottom four or five in the league not good. But they also have one of the top three, four, five offenses in every offensive statistic as well. Like they are they're just polar opposites in that regard. So, uh, yeah, expect a high-scoring hockey game. I would say now, you know, naturally now it'll be 2 nothing, but because yeah, right. uh, that's just how hockey works. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking the over in this one and feeling pretty good about it. Well, also and, yeah, if you can uh, – if you can – get on the power play that should help but really you should have no excuses to not score just uh in general it's going to be really about limiting thompson and and that offense more than anything yeah and i mean wouldn't it be nice to just play spoiler too you just yeah, go against the team that's supposed to be better than you and play spoiler that would be ideal tage thompson's got 90 points in 73 games played 44 goals jeff skinner's got 33 goals 73 points in 73 games alex tuck's got 35 goals 72 points in 68 games rasmus dalin has 68 points in 72 games you got dylan cousins with 63 points in 70 they they score a lot they're and a juggernaut yeah they, they are a juggernaut it's it's crazy how offensively talented this young team is they're the second youngest team in the nhl they're Okay, so they're they're at the time of this recording, they're third in the NHL in goals scored a game at just over three and a half, but they are twenty-sixth in goals against a game at just under three and a half. Yeah. So they almost they're have over three and a half goals scored a game, and yet their differential is almost even. Like that yeah. is that is nuts. They're the definition of a glass cannon offense. It's yeah. all or nothing with this team. If they're not scoring goals, they're giving up goals. Right. They're gonna they they have to outscore <laughs> you to win. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because they're super exciting to watch because oh, of that. Well, that's why. Yeah. Every game's a blowout one way or the other. Yeah, they're honestly one of the most fun teams in the entire NHL to watch, in my opinion. Like, if they had a middling defense, they would be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, they're probably going to miss, like, the Red Wings, but they're still, you know, they're they're in a better position than the Red Wings. They're at 79 points. The Red Wings are, I'm sorry, they're at 81 points. Well, the they Red have Wings are one thing to address, which is, like, you know, the, the fewer things you, well, I say one thing. I mean, they could get better goaltending, too, along with the defense. But, like, they, they if they're, just take some some marginal steps forward defensively. This is going to be a team that's going to be a threat for a while because they're young too. 
they legitimately could finish the season with one guy over 40 goals and then four guys over 30 goals. Yeah. Because Skinner and Tucker are already over 30. Thompson's already over 40. But you got Dylan Cousins with and 29 goals and Victor Olofsson <laughs> with 26 goals and missed the playoffs. Exactly. Oh, it's it's insane looking at this team and just being like, man, if you guys had just the smallest set, like the opposite, they're the opposite of the New, New York Islanders, Islanders problem. Just all defense, no offense whatsoever. It's it's insane to me. And then you marry those two and you get the Boston Bruins. Correct. <laughs> I just, I look at this and I am, I'm amazed at how the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs this year, despite how much offense this team has. Uh, so it's going to be a big game. I mean, again, like I said, they, they haven't beaten, you haven't beaten them yet this season. You're chasing them in the standings. Not that that means much. You're going to miss the playoffs regardless, but you, you know, just for the sake of being able to say you can, you're trying to stave off elimination as long as possible. And you're trying to play spoiler a little bit. So you have a losing record in your division. Change that. I think you're only down in your division by two wins. So it's like nine and 11, something like that so far this year. Uh, I'm not sure how many more divisional matchups you have actually this, this season, but my point still stands is just go out there and try to compete. Well, you got a couple. Yeah. Don't we end on Tampa? I think you're right. We do end on Tampa. Yeah, why so, not? Do it. I mean, yeah. 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 Who's starting in that, buddy? Uh, I mean, if Huso's available, that's who I'm starting in that against this offense. But if he's not available, uh, I'd go Ned. Yeah, he's looked, I, he's looked good his last few outings. Oh, the game on Saturday, Saturday is against Pittsburgh too. You could play spoiler to the Penguins as well as they're looking on the outside nice. in now after the Panthers win. That'd be fun. One o'clock game at, at in Detroit. Let's go. We could ruin the Pittsburgh Penguins season. Oh, getting ahead of myself. I'm just getting excited. I love the idea of that. Have them miss the playoffs. Mm. We could put an end to their window altogether. Wow, you're really just. Reaching for the stars on that. No, one. no, but think about it. So obviously, the last time the Red Wings made the Stanley Cup final was 09. And that I wouldn't say closed the window effectively for the Red Wings as they had some pretty good playoff runs after that, but didn't make it past the second round. You could effectively do the same for the Penguins on Saturday. You could Look be like happy you window are. is shut. <laughs> Look how hard you're smiling. <laughs> well, the, the the oldest team in the NHL, I think that are the second oldest. They're they're all their yeah, stars are like 35 or older. And don't get yeah, me wrong, Latang, Malkin, and Crosby are all still very good. But you could say it's over you, on Saturday. You could. Oh, that I. You know what? I hope the Red Wings don't get eliminated until I don't. I hope they survive until that day to give them a little extra something to fight for, so they could just extra salt in the wound really push the penguins out of the picture. I hope. I hope. Um but in regards to the it. Sabres game, I think Huso they said if he's they're going to evaluate how he feels before committing to anything, but hopefully Huso. If not, they said it would be Nedeljkovic who's technically in Grand Rapids in massive air quotes. He was on an emergency recall and they said they'd emergency recall him again if Huso couldn't go. I think right, that says yeah. a lot about what they think about Helberg right now. Correct. So. Anyway, Scotty, any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode recap in this game against the Sabres tomorrow. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.